Hello and welcome to Instant Transmission, a podcast where we discuss everything Dragon Ball and a shout out to Meshro from Poland who hit us up on YouTube. No jokes here this time, uh, except for maybe the four month backlog of episodes we have. So hopefully he's still listening when this comes out. Um, Cell continues to push towards his perfect final form. And after sucking down Android 17, a jacked up and erect Vegeta appears before him. After trading for an entire year yesterday, it seems Cell stands no chance against the Prince of All Foreheads. Strap yourselves in and get ready for tonight's episode where Vegeta definitely doesn't screw this up. I'm your host, Dayton, and once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Todd. Hi! Tonight, we'll be covering Kai's episodes 78 through 88 as we continue our coverage with part two of the Cell Saga. Goku and Gohan continue their training in the hyperbolic time chamber as Android 18 hides for her life as Cell relentlessly hunts her down as the final piece of his perfect form. Krillin arrives at the island, clutching Bulma's Android shutdown device in hand, with hopes of, to destroy the Android before Cell can absorb her. However, visions of the Android's beauty begin to clout Krillin's judgment. Trunks watches from the sideline as his father begins to battle with the evil green monster as the fate of the world may sit in Vegeta's prideful hands. And with that covered, was there anything you wanted to add before we got things started, Todd? No, I think we can dive right in. All right. Well, we're going to dive into episode 78, which is Cell's Surging Resentment, Krillin Destroy number 18. And this episode begins with Goku and Gohan training in the hyperbolic time chamber. Gohan struggles to activate the Super Saiyan form, and Goku coaches Gohan through some, well, let's just say anger management to help jumpstart it. <laughs> yeah, if that's what you want to call it, where he's basically saying, Gohan, imagine Cell killing me or Krillin or Piccolo. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, that's such a wild thing to have your father coaching to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is, too, Gohan's like, Dad, I've never seen Cell. I don't know what he looks like. So Goku's like, oh, uh, imagine Frieza killing me or Krillin or Piccolo. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. One of these things is going to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're having some great quality father-son time in the hyperbolic time chamber. And we flip back over to Vegeta as him and Cell begin their dance as Krillin watches overhead in just awe of these two just goliaths of power levels getting ready to face off against each other. Yeah, and this, again, this is peak Vegeta. He is at the top of his game here. Uh, we get to see Cell pull out another one of his stolen moves with the Gallic gun. And as the dust settles from this blast, Vegeta looks as if he has not been touched. Uh, he starts mocking Cell for his pitiful Gallic gun and then proceeds to put the beat down on our semi-perfect monster yeah and that's there is a lot of i guess key blast centric battling happening around here or at this point aside from the moments where vegeta lays just impactful blow after fist after kick into cell's body and this you can't even call it a fight at this point it's just a beat down oh yeah absolutely i mean Vegeta seems like he's he's hardly even trying. Uh, there's a couple of cool sequences with Vegeta, like beating Cell through the water and then blasting him out of it. And then Vegeta at one point says, oh, yeah, don't forget that my son Trunks over there, he's almost as powerful as I am. So 
you're not even like second best anymore. <laughs> that comment causes Cell to start kind of losing his head. He starts losing his mind right now because he's been he perfection is so important to him to be the best and the most powerful and being third best. I don't think he can handle that. Yeah, absolutely. He's also all he needs is to consume Android 18 to get his his perfect form. And she's still on this island like he is. He's so close. And yet Vegeta is stopping him here. And I think Cell is going to turn that into uh, turn that into his favor as he starts to tell Vegeta, oh, if I could get my perfect form. You wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. And. I mean, and just to point out in the background, they give us little clips of Goku and Gohan training in the hyperbolic time chamber. So they are showing them progressing, but this is the main story. This is the main meat of the episode right now is Cell and Vegeta and Cell smart, right? Cell is trying to appeal to that, that Saiyan in Vegeta, that person who always wants that, that next big thing, that next big battle. And normally you would expect some bravado out of Vegeta, some smack talk to tell him how pathetic he is and like he would fall for that. But Vegeta doesn't really respond. Vegeta is actually kind of quiet at first and not really responding. Yeah, which is interesting. We also even we get some clips here, too. Speaking of Android 18 of Krillin with the controller in hand, the controller that Bulma created to deactivate Android 18. and. Krillin is kind of sneaking his way up to get in range because it has a very short range. Uh, but Krillin's hesitating. He's remembering the kiss that Android 18 laid on his cheek, and he's not sure if he can go through with deactivating and destroying her. Yeah, and he finally makes it in a range and you see him, he's, he's struggling with his emotions. The images of that kiss keep popping into his head and he keeps trying to shake himself clear and get his senses back. And you know, she's cute and she did kiss him. So Krillin <laughs> drops the remote and that alerts the two androids to his presence. And that's where they see the remote sitting at his feet. And 18 just looks like she saw a ghost. And that's where this episode ends. Yeah, it's it's kind of on a cliffhanger here where we don't really get to know what uh, what Krillin decides to do. Um, I think that pretty much takes us right into the next episode. Yeah, which is episode 79. And so the situation takes a turn for the worse. Cell attacks number 18. <laughs> I wonder what's happening in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Cell continues appealing to Vegeta's Saiyan pride telling him that if he could only reach his final form, he could show him what true power is. And uh, Vegeta bites. Vegeta actually gives in and gives Cell permission to achieve his perfect state. Yeah, this is... I mean, this is peak Vegeta here again. Like, he's egotistical. He's... Right now, he's way stronger than semi-perfect Cell. And Vegeta is kind of biting on the fact that he not only wants a challenge, like he wants to challenge his own newfound super Vegeta power. Uh, but he also, he, he wants to prove to sell that even in his perfect form, he's no match for Vegeta right now. Yeah. And 
Trunks kind of loses his mind hearing this thing. He's not going to let this happen. And he actually jumps in and prevents Cell from leaving the spot where him and Vegeta were fighting. He says, no, like, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let you destroy another timeline. And while they're kind of bickering and arguing, Cell notices the location of 18. And it things take a real bad turn for the worse when Cell immediately starts charging towards their location. And this is kind of on the back of Krillin destroying the remote, destroying the controller that Bulma spent 20 hours of her life making. And they they can't deactivate 18 now. So Krillin's basically just like, hey, I don't think you guys are all that bad, speaking to 18 and 16, and says, get out of here. Get away from Cell. Get away as far as you can. And with Cell en route to try to absorb 18, Trunks is the only thing stopping him in this moment as he fucking future kicks Cell right out of his path to get to 18. Yeah, Trunks is, I mean, Trunks is kind of having his way with Cell, but Cell isn't worried about Trunks. Cell just needs to get to 18. And on top of that, Vegeta starting to get irritated with his, his delinquent son messing with his permission. Yeah, uh, Vegeta goes so far as to kick Trunks in the face as well, uh, knocking Trunks away from away from Cell, which which gives Cell some time here to try to uh, advance on 18, which I mean, this turns into a whole confrontation between father and son in our two Super Saiyans. Yeah, and we see Krillin and 16 leap into action, trying to prevent Cell from getting his bounty, but Cell easily just knocks them away, right? Cell is just on a completely different level than these two. Um, But once again, before he's able to make it to 18, we see that Trunks has recovered from Vegeta's strike, and he moves back in to help. And, I mean, it's... It's a crazy situation with Vegeta fighting Trunks, fighting Cell, fighting 16 and and Krillin. It's it's just a, a battle royale at this point. Yeah, it's wild. This is this is a great scene because there's so many people in the mix with different motivations here where Vegeta wants Cell to get his perfect form. He doesn't give a shit about the androids. Uh, Trunks doesn't want Cell to get his perfect form, doesn't want to see this timeline wrecked like his timeline was Krillin wants to save Android 18. 18 doesn't want to get eaten like, and cell wants to get his perfect form. This is crazy. Uh, what ends up happening with trunks and Vegeta though, is something that I absolutely love because trunks powers up a key blast pointed in Vegeta's direction. And Vegeta is full on taunting his son. As he says, you're too soft. You won't attack your father. Trunks has a great line here, though. And Trunks says uh, to Vegeta, replying to, don't you want to see his perfect form? Trunks says, I don't need to see it. I've already seen one future turned into a nightmare. I'm not going to stand here and watch it happen again, even if that means fighting you. And this is where he holds his hands up, gathering key in his hands. And Vegeta just scoffs at him, just laughing. And... It's not a bluff. This key blast is launched and Vegeta is sent rocketing off into the atmosphere. I love this so much because 
admittedly, Trunks and Vegeta at this point have spent a year together in the hyperbolic time chamber. You get the impression that whereas before when Trunks didn't understand Vegeta and Vegeta didn't understand Trunks, they understand each other pretty damn well now. And so Trunks kind of saw this coming from Vegeta a little bit uh, in, in letting Cell try to get his perfect form. And Vegeta believes Trunks to be so soft that he wouldn't attack his father. But they're just even though they spent that year together, they don't understand the depth of like Vegeta's pride or the depth of the trauma that Trunks has experienced through the androids in his timeline. Yeah. And Trunks, I mean, as much as I think Vegeta probably has warmed up a little bit to, to Trunks is, I guess, uh, at least a fellow Saiyan, if not his son, I think Vegeta has kind of opened up a little bit in his own weird way to Trunks. Yes. I think Trunks understands the depths of Vegeta's pride way more than he did when they first met. And so now he understands that this is necessary. This is something you have to do because Vegeta is, for lack of a better term, such a friggin' basket case, words aren't going to work. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. And we're we're actually going to see coming up what how Trunks views Vegeta's pride and how he better understands Vegeta after spending that time with him. Well, but in er earlier in the series, Trunks would try and, and talk with Vegeta about these decisions a lot more than he is right now. This whole battle with Cell, he's hardly said a thing and he's protested a little bit, but he's acted with actions way more than he has with words now. So he's, he's kind of figuring it out. That's yeah. And that's, that's a really good point in that Trunks is done trying to convince Vegeta saying, you know, don't do this. Trunks is basically just, I'm going to physically stop you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, while all this is happening, Cell is moving in on his prize number 18 and 18 is powerless to stop this monster from absorbing her. But thankfully Trunks leaps into action at like the last second and saves the day again. And for the one millionth time, 18 is told to freaking leave the goddamn island. Yeah, which, you know, ridiculous that she's not not doing it. But regardless, Cell, Cell is smart. He basically flies up into the sun after, again, getting his ass handed to him by Trunks. And... In this moment, he's going to use another one of his stolen techniques to get him out of this situation and pulling on uh, a TN special. He uses the solar flare blinding everyone in the vicinity, including Trunks, the androids, Krillin, and even Vegeta, who at this point is kind of flying back onto the scene and this is going to present the opening that Cell needs to get his prize. Yep. With everyone blinded, Cell goes in and orders a number 18 off the menu and he gets it. He absorbs the android and we start the transformation into his final perfect form. And I believe you sent me a video earlier of the original animation for this and the original music score versus what they did in Kai. And there are some big differences between what they 
decided to leave in and what they decided to change. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mostly focused myself on the music because, and I, I think I've said this a lot about Kai as we've gone through it. I think your take on it, Dayton is pretty accurate in that the music is just, it's, it's very middling. Like it, it's not amazing. It's not awful, but my mind is comparing it to my teenager self watching the original Funimation dub with the Bruce Faulkner score and holy shit, that Faulkner score. I don't even think it's nostalgia. I think the Faulkner score is just straight up better than what they are using. It's really good. They, they blend like, I don't know, like these big, deep bass sounding bells in with like electric guitar and it sounds fantastic. It's eerie. It's different. Um, and I mean, it does have some futuristic notes with some weird like keyboard synth that they kind of blend into it as well. I mean, it's a fantastic sound. I've not heard music like that anywhere else, by the way. Uh, not that I've looked for it, but it's something that's very unique to that era of Dragon Ball. And I honestly, <laughs> I just listened to to the current transformation or the Kai version today again. I forgot the music again already. <laughs> It's very forgettable. Like it's it's very bland. It doesn't add much to the scene. It's not like it's not wildly it's not out bad. of place. It's yeah. not like it's it's ruining the situation, right? Like it's I would say it's appropriate, but it doesn't make it better. It doesn't stand out as something significant or exceptional to me. It just it gets the job done. And that's, you know, that's fine. Yeah, but I I just couldn't like I had to go back and confirm and after re-watching the original Funimation dub with the Faulkner score, can confirm the music way better in that version. <laughs> There's also a couple um, animations they cut out where you actually see, like, Cell's form actually, like, shifting from the previous one to the perfect form, where you actually see, like, the eyes change and, like, the skin suck in, and, like, they spend a little bit more time on some of the, I guess, more gruesome elements of the transformation, that are much better. Mind you, there's a lot of extra, like we're going to show some waves crashing and we're going to show like, uh, just some lightning going and some wind going and everyone standing around. It's like a five minute transformation. Half of which is just, I don't know, awkward silence. A lot of it's fluff, right? Like it, it's on one hand in the original, it, it was to like set the tone, but it's, it, it's too much. It's too much fluff. Like, the original Dragon Ball Z, the 297 episode version, had a lot of filler, had a lot of issues with pacing. So I I'll I will give it to Kai in that I like the pacing of this transformation much better in Kai. I I, I mean the music, I think they should have just come with the original score, let's be honest. Um the music I think is is noticeably worse, but not bad necessarily. Um, but the, the parts that they chose to keep and how quick the transformation goes, it feels about right. I just wish there would have been just a little bit more of those good frames that they had put together for it. I agree. Yeah. Some of those frames, like you said, of his, his body specifically like shifting and warping. Like Cause they it, showed a little bit of it, but I mean that there are some nice long animations that they could have just left in there. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. That was why I had to go back and look at it, but, but we are now witnessing Cell in his perfect final form, which is 
much more human-like than his previous forms, um, except he's still green with his beetle wings and uh, his bug crown, but he's got like a little chode tail now. <laughs> he doesn't need the tail to absorb people anymore, so it's kind of sucked up into his back. One of the other things I like about his transformation, too, is that Trunks actively tries twice, I think with a key blast and with a punch, to attack Cell during his transformation. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's something we almost never see. People almost just always stand around and let these transformations happen. But Trunks specifically is somebody who's all about action, doesn't care about, you know, fighting a strong opponent. He wants to save the planet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Trunks grew up in, in a horror movie. He, like, he never really got to have victory. He He always had to fight to just survive. So I like that that came out right there. But, you know, everyone else watches. Yeah. And so even with Trunks attacking Cell, uh, Trunks is unable to push through the power that is the transformation. And we kind of get the final shot, as Dayton described, of Cell just standing there in all his perfect glory. And that's kind of where we are left with the end of that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- the only thing I want to point out here is Piccolo has been kind of watching and describing everything on, that's been happening uh, from the lookout. I'm guessing he's got some some of those Kame powers now where he can really see what's going on on the Earth um, because he's able to pick out like a lot of details like Krillin destroying the um, the shutoff switch. Um, I can only imagine how pissed off Piccolo is at the incompetence of literally everybody else. Because he tried his damnedest to prevent it from getting to this point, right? He tried to find Cell while he was stronger than him. He hunted him down. He tried to kill the ant. He tried everything. And then everyone else is just like, yeah, let's destroy this shutoff switch. Yeah, let's let him transform. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Piccolo damn near got killed after Cell got his semi-perfect form. So yeah, he's he's probably pretty upset about what's going on right now. <laughs> just, say, just shout out to Piccolo. I Like, you did everything right, man. Like, I'm sorry that this is your team. Yeah, Piccolo <laughs> and Trunks are the only two who are like, you guys have at least tried everything you could to put this in the right, this situation on the right path. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that brings us to episode 80, which is the tables have turned. Perfect form cell finally goes into action. And this one starts off with Goku continuing his training with Gohan. Um, but Gohan gets mad uh, at Goku during his training, telling him that he's going too soft and he wants him to be tough like his previous master, Piccolo. And this is where Goku cranks up the heat and... Gohan starts fighting hard. He starts looking into himself and he realizes that he's been letting everyone else down his entire life. He's thought about his time on Namek, his uh, uh, inability to help during the Saiyan saga where he was actually more of a nuisance than anything else. And he thinks about all these moments where he should have been able to help, but he was powerless to do so. And this conviction is what pushes him to, to finally take that next step and activate his super saiyan form i love this Uh, this is a great scene and i mean goku when gohan basically tells his father you're going too easy on me goku then goes into super saiyan and fires off a kamehameha at his non-super saiyan son uh which uh, honestly this this whole exchange ends up working it 
it results in Gohan pushing back against the Kamehameha from his father, launching it back at Goku and his hair turning that golden color of the Super Saiyan, the aura surrounding him. And he is just outraged. Like he can't control his body in this moment. I love that because I think when, when Goku first turned Super Saiyan, he mentioned something to Gohan where uh, you need to take Piccolo and leave while I still have whatever sense uh, of myself I still have. Like he mentions that like he's about to lose it and you've got a second before I just like go off. And so this is something that, that Goku alluded to happening when he first turned Super Saiyan and we see it again when Gohan turns. I love that little bit of consistency uh, between those transformations. It's also double great because it's like father, like son sort of thing. So just love it. Love that little bit of a detail. I like this a lot too. And I like seeing Goku transform into Super Saiyan and seeing that anger and him losing control. And like he says, like having so little sense of reason, I wish that we got to see that more. This is honestly... I think this is the only other time we really get a hint of that. And we only get to see it for just a split second. In in addition to the fact that these scenes or this scene and all of these scenes with Goku and Gohan in the hyperbolic time chamber, we get none of that in the manga. So these are anime exclusive. And oh, wow, that's fantastic. They did a good job with it then. I agree. I I like that addition in the anime. I'm really glad that we get to see some moments with Goku and Gohan together, father and son training together. Really, really great addition. Yeah. And I mean, it's the Super Saiyan form is is near and dear to my heart. And so when they base when they do it justice, when they do that transformation justice, it makes me happy. And I think they did with Gohan. I think it does feel like he earned it because he really was pushing himself and he worked at it for, gosh, I don't know how many months just trying to achieve that form. Um, so it's up there. It's great. Um, is it necessarily memorable? Uh, not really, but, um, aside from Goku trunks is the only one that pops up as far as very memorable. His is great. He earned it. He definitely earned it. He might be, he's up there with Goku as far as, best transformation scenes they're honestly i don't know if a lot of people would agree those two are close for me i would i would struggle to pick one or the other (laughs) they really are i I mean i i've got a weird just thing for the history of trunks uh show or me too whatever anyway so anyway (laughs) uh gohan's a super saiyan now that's awesome but we flip back over to cell who's now kind of inspecting his own perfect body at this point, right? He's kind of flexing his perfect muscles and just kind of like drinking himself in. I can't tell if it's, he's honestly surprised at his own strength or if he's just like letting his ego flow over himself. I, yeah, I mean, it's probably a combination of those things. It, It feels like he's literally feeling out his new body, kind of getting a feel for this, vast new power that he has and Krillin now regaining his sight and seeing this perfect form of cell and seeing that the woman that he cared for in this moment, Android 18 is gone. He loses his shit and just goes off on cell, just punches and kicks cell (laughs) to his credit 
doesn't even respond continues just looking at his hands uh it is it is a wild exchange that ends in one of krillin's signature techniques yeah krillin summons up his destructo disc lobs it at cell and it actually strikes home but after striking cell you see it spin off for a second and then poof into little stardust shapes as Cell is once again unaffected by a technique that I think has cut through just about everything it's ever touched. And it's at this point that Cell's had about enough of Krillin and decides to basically break his neck in a single kick. Yeah, this is the the first demonstration of Cell's power that we get to see. And he, I think he even himself says, oh, please, Krillin should feel honored to be the first one to be graced by my power. Uh, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about this Dayton? I know Krillin is probably your favorite character. How do you feel about this exchange? So, okay. Um, I have to go a second further because whatever emotion I had was completely overshadowed because, um, Krillin gets put back on his feet with a sensu being given to him by trunks. Um, after he's, basically killed in one kick right and um krillin gets up and says he basically delivers the line that abridged had delivered where he's been hit by a lot of people and no one has ever hit him that hard (laughs) i just i don't know why but abridged nailed the joke but it's not really a joke. They're just saying what actually happened in the show. (laughs) There are honestly watching through this chunk of episodes. There are a couple of instances like that, like that one in particular, I, I noted as well as being really similar to the abridged dialogue. (laughs) Like it is funny. Like they did make a joke, but that's what the show also did. Like, so, so Whatever emotion that I had at the time was definitely dislodged by how close to parody that like little (laughs) comment sequence was. But um, I like that Krillin showed Krillin showed emotion that he was invested in that he he cared about 18 in some way. Um, I mean, it just it just sucks because he's so out of the the power range of everyone else at this point that normally somebody would have had some sort of impactful, like emotional um, outburst. Krillin's really wasn't. It was just emotion. There was no power gained from it. There was nothing really to get back from it. It, it would have been nice if Krillin would have been a little bit more on par, if he would have you know gotten in one good one. Yeah, I and I I get your point, especially, you know, as a Krillin fan, I'm... I'm torn. Like I, I really like this for a lot of reasons. I, I like that it shows how powerful Cell is. It does, unfortunately for Krillin, show how outclassed Krillin is. I think the the Destructo Disc is the one thing that I am the most torn on because, as you said, Dayton, the Destructo Disc up to this point has cut through everything everyone including frieza so i'm i on one hand i really like that it doesn't work against cell like it it hits him right in the base of the neck and cell's new body is so strong that it just turns it into like like you said dayton like scattering key 
but uh, I don't know. I like that that demonstrates how strong Cell is, but I'm also not sure that I like that it really takes the it takes the shine away from the destructo disc. Like it, it means, okay, well the destructo disc, just like any other key technique, if the gap in power is wide enough, it's still not going to do anything. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I I guess kind of like what you just mentioned it with every technique, there's usually a gap in power thing that happens in dragon ball. Um, I mean, shoot, we've had, characters that like manipulate time but if you're powerful enough you can just be too strong for it (laughs) (laughs) um it's just there's some weird stuff like that that happens in dragon ball yeah um also krillin at least was krillin would never beat frieza in a fight but he was at least you know offering something on namek right he wasn't completely out of the ballpark he could keep up with frieza's henchmen and stuff like that he was somewhat relevant he also got a juicy power up from the grand elder at the time so i mean he was doing he was getting stronger and doing things to kind of keep up so that's i can buy him lopping off frieza's tail um at this point he i don't think he even really trains anymore so it's you could even say that he's weaker now than what he was when he left namek i I don't think he's stopped training just yet. I know he does after this for sure. <laughs> but but yeah, he's he's if he is stronger than he was on Namek, it's probably not by a large margin. So and I mean Cell here is significantly stronger than Frieza was uh, at any point. Uh well, in Z anyway. Um but so it's again, that's that's why I'm torn on it. Like, I, I like that it shows it, it's again that that kind of measuring stick. Uh, so it shows where Sal is at. Um, but yeah, it takes a little bit away from the destructor disc, but I'll stop harping on that and we can move forward. The um, the other thing that happens here, though, is that uh, Krillin comments on how he's noticed that Trunks has actually been concealing his power level. And Krillin suspects that Trunks is actually stronger than Vegeta. And that's really interesting. It is very interesting. And I, I like this. So while this last scene, you know, really kind of crapped on Krillin in a lot of ways, I really like this to show that Krillin, like, yeah, the other people around can can detect power levels, but that's something that like particularly Goku and Krillin are very good at, like exceptionally good at doing. And Krillin is able to detect this in Trunks where Vegeta cannot. Vegeta really is relatively new to detecting power levels and all like in the grand scheme of things. I can imagine that if you're Krillin, your ability to sense power levels it kept you alive on Namek. And so that that entire series, that was the thing that he wasn't fighting people. He was sensing power levels, sensing where people were at, sensing where people were moving. That was his survival skill for an entire series. He should be one of the best, if not the best, at sensing power levels out of everybody in Dragon Ball. I'm sorry. Yeah, and they, 
I like that here. I like that they put him as, you know, he, he's on the top of that mountain when it comes to sensing power levels. Uh, and he's, he's kind of addressing Trunks like, you're hiding your power. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, and I mean, Trunks, I don't know if he says it now or in a minute, but Trunks basically says, look, I can't let my dad know that I am more powerful than he is because it would hurt his pride too much. It would cause too much of a problem. And so Trunks is willing to let his, his dad fight and possibly die out of not hurting his, his ego. But at the same time, if you know Vegeta, it would probably cause more trouble than it's worth. So he's actually probably right. Yeah, and this is what we were kind of alluding to in in Trunks understanding Vegeta's pride and Krillin here though, the the reason that this is important, we might have skipped ahead just a tiny bit, but the reason this is important is because Krillin says Vegeta has no chance against Perfect Cell in this moment, and we see that as Vegeta goes on the offensive against Cell. Cell basically blocking and receiving all of Vegeta's attacks. I mean, he he doesn't seem to none of these blows are significant the way that he the way that Vegeta was able to put the beating on semi-perfect cell. Perfect cell takes them without any damage being given whatsoever. Yeah, and it very quickly it goes from Vegeta's not really able to land a blow or a significant blow to Vegeta's not able to touch him to Cell is smirking and having fun. It's almost like as this fight is continuing, Cell is getting stronger and this fight's getting easier for him. And eventually Vegeta just demands that Cell will reveal his true power or just stop bluffing. Like Vegeta's pissed off. And Vegeta leaps in. And just lands a solid kick to the side of Cell's head. Cell doesn't even try to dodge this time. And then Cell just smiles. And Vegeta proceeds to uh, super shit his pants is the line that I got here. <laughs> I think that's pretty appropriate because Vegeta even expresses in his own mind that was my full power in that attack. And it didn't phase Cell at all and this turns into cell now retaliating with a single attack of his own a single kick to vegeta's torso knocking him across the landscape vegeta stops himself in midair and then falls into the water unable to maintain his composure after the blow yeah and this is where Trunks' rage starts bubbling over as he watches his, his father just get pummeled right before his eyes. and But he's refusing to step in as he says, Vegeta would rather die than have his pride damaged. And he says he's going to wait until Vegeta is at least no longer conscious before he'll participate in the fight. And this is where we see Vegeta struggling back to his feet as the episode comes to an end. Yeah, this is great. We also get just a little hint of Trunks's power. You kind of see his aura surrounding him and his his body swelling as if his muscles are just being juiced with energy. Yeah, and the energy juices over to episode 81. Vegeta's full power strike, but Cell's terror grows and grows. 
And once again, this episode begins with uh, Gohan and Goku continuing their training. Um, and it seems like Gohan has, he's gotten down the Super Saiyan transformation, right? Gohan's actually starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in his Super Saiyan form now. Yeah, and we also, we're seeing Gohan, like, fully in in the super saiyan form with his haircut at this point he's no longer got the long hair down his back this is uh, coming up will be probably my favorite gohan design period i really like gohan's hair in this moment uh especially in like the super saiyan form so i I wish we had more time with gohan in this design because i really really like it it's fun and I mean, they pointed out that Saiyans don't actually have hair that grows, but the Saiyan hybrids do. So Goku's hair looks the same the entire time. Gohan's like getting haircuts and stuff like that because, you know, they're in here for a whole a whole damn year. I love that Goku's the one who cuts Gohan's hair, too. I basically just imagine as Goku grabbing the back of his hair and then chopping it off of his <laughs> hand. I imagine it, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a caveman haircut absolutely that's probably why it looks so messy oh i love it uh but that flips back over to vegeta who decides to float himself up into the air like some messiah-like figure and we see him start flexing and summoning as much key as he can possibly muster together we see him push his wrists together opening up his palms and we see lightning arcing off of his body the whole time this is happening the saiyan prince decides to Make a bet with Cell that his perfect form can't handle Vegeta's largest blast. And Cell, uh, he takes the bet and is going to hold his ground. Yes, absolutely. And with Vegeta powering up his most powerful energy attack, we get to see the ground shaking, the lightning surrounding Vegeta's Super Saiyan body. There's actually some really beautifully animated just like like moments in here where you see like light piercing the sky and stuff like that. Like it's intense. It's really good. I love this scene and we get the signature and new technique, the final flash. Oh, is this the first time we see it? This is the first time the, like the debut of the final flash. There's actually, I think we might've even mentioned it in the on Namek when Vegeta's fighting Raccoon, he uses an attack that looks similar, like he puts his hands forward in that same position, but it's like a white key blast instead of a yellow. So it, it kind of feels like the precursor to the final flash, almost like it's something that he's like working on but hasn't perfected, which I really, really like. That's super cool. So yeah, this is the debut of the final. That's awesome. Hell yeah. And it's a great debut, then they definitely did it justice. Yeah, I I love this scene. Um, but I'm gonna sound like a broken record here. I sent Dayton this the original Funimation dub of this scene with the Bruce Faulkner music score. The music score for Bruce Faulkner for this scene is incredible the the beautiful piano like vegeta theme that plays here for the final flash is second to none and unfortunately the kai music just does not do it justice like again it's it's fine but it doesn't stand out the way that that faulkner music does yeah i don't know what it is about about these last few episodes where just the score just wasn't there 
the the music just was it was almost invisible and i mean i'll say it again it's not like it detracted from the scene because we've had moments where the music actually detracted from the scene this didn't but it also i mean it's forgettable i don't even remember what the music sounded like in in the kai version i think the reason i i keep harping on this is because these are like key iconic moments and i want them to be as good as they can be as a dragon ball fan and the music is is just very mediocre and it's i remember it as a kid i remember it being so good and it's just it's just a bummer to see it not as good as it could be yeah it's and i mean if if we're diving into these episodes and dissecting things we're we're going to pick that kind of thing apart it's it's when you have literally an option that's better and you could have just used that why like if you're going to change it don't change it to make it worse make it better yeah i can only assume it's it's some sort of music licensing issue i would imagine oh, i'm sure but... well, said something like there's like hundreds of scores made specifically for dragon ball it's it's what maybe that should be a whole episode one of these days <laughs> there's there's a lot i think uh totally not mark does, on youtube does some some good info about the the different musical scores oh, well, there you go go listen that. to that forget about us um <laughs> anyway so this the Final Flash is debuted. We see it. And I mean, this thing, it strikes cell dead on. And we get this pretty cool shot of the earth, right? And the blast just flying off the side of it and somewhere into space as the light from it just engulfs half the planet. I mean, this is this is done to the nines, right? And once the blast is launched, I mean, Trunks is worried about the planet blowing up. Thankfully, it didn't. Good job, Vegeta. Um the dust settles and we're left with a a cell who's missing about a third of his torso along with one of his arms and it's at this point that cells kind of gawking and and at a loss for words at the shape of his perfect body as vegeta begins to cackle yeah his i mean it it looks wild the the part that Cell's body is missing is like a puckered gray flesh. And you can see his, I think his green or purple blood kind of like pouring down the side of his body a little bit. Um, as Vegeta, you know, Vegeta thinks, oh, you know, I've won this. And even, I think even Krillin and Trunks are like, oh, you know, but Vegeta didn't blow up the planet uh, and he, he might've beaten Cell until Cell is basically like, oh, did you guys forget? Yeah, I've got Piccolo's genes. I can regenerate. <laughs> so Cell uh, just, you know, uh, focuses for a second. And we see the entire half of his body that was blown off or third or whatever, just instantly just back out. And <laughs> I think historically, when you do that, it's supposed to like drain a lot of your energy. But Cell doesn't really seem bothered. He seems to just be fine when he does that. I've always wondered about this. Uh, it happens here. There's another scene where it happens later in the show. I've wondered if, if maybe because of Cell's combination of genes, or because of the, you know the way that he's been created by Jiro, if if somehow that has bypassed the downside of regeneration, or if Cell really does lose a, a chunk of power when he does it, it's just that. He's so freaking powerful, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the thing. You you took a scoop out of the ocean. Good job. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Cell is 
more or less fine. And this is where we see my favorite thing in Dragon Ball. Vegeta panics and we get your panic barrage of key blast. Mm, it's going to work this time, right, guys? Right. It works this time. Right, Todd? Yeah, it definitely works. As in, it works to create a cloud of smoke to cover Cell's advance so that he can put Vegeta into the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Vegeta is delivered an unholy smackdown, and he's just cratered into the earth. And we watch his blonde Saiyan hair slowly revert back to its normal black form. The Prince of Saiyans has fallen. That visual of Vegeta's hair just like wiping back into the traditional black of a Saiyan's such a good visual and also is basically determining now Vegeta is defeated. Uh, Cell actually extends a hand out as if ready to deliver the final blow against Vegeta after at this point having broken his spine and uh, and this is now Trunks's cue to power up and join the fight. Yes, Trunks begins screaming as he begins powering up. We see his muscles begin to shake and flex as he starts bulking up. We see his eyes just gloss over white as his pupils disappear. And it's, it's almost like a whole new transformation that we see as Trunks turns into what Krillin perceives as almost like this uncontrollable monster for a moment. And... Krillin needs to like take a second and be like, hey, you all right, dude? But Trunks is still there and, and in control. And with kind of a smile on his face, tosses a sensu bean over to Krillin and says, hey, why don't you go gre or clean up my dad and get him out of here so that way I can fight this guy at my full power. Yeah, and Trunks does engage in the fight against Cell. Uh, it, it basically starts out with Trunks testing the waters, throwing a few attacks, but definitely knocking Cell around, knocking Cell into the ground, uh, not necessarily hurting him, but matching Cell blow for blow, unlike Vegeta. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we we suspected that Trunks was going to be stronger than than Vegeta, but it seems like Trunks is significantly stronger as, for the most part, Trunks might actually be winning this fight until it seems like it takes a turn and Trunks takes a few big blows. Um, but we realize that Trunks is just trying to buy time for Krillin to get Vegeta out of there and even stops while he's kind of eating some dirt to kind of point at Vegeta and be like, hey, come on, like, get him out of here. And so Krillin scoops up good old dad and now the real fight can begin. I like this. I like that it shows it shows some level of uh mastery on trunks's part however cell calls him on it cell is basically like hey can we start the fight now like i know that you were leading me away from vegeta i know that you were telling krillin to go get him and get him out of here like i i like this element because it shows like okay you know trunks is has grown up a little bit but cell is a level above him in terms of perception and combat. It's also kind of kind of peaking Cell's hand as far as his personality, right? He likes playing the bad guy and playing along with all the schemes and stuff like that. He's he's just enjoying himself, right? It's it's a good time for him. And he's like, all right, yeah, whatever. If you want to get your dad out of here, I don't care. Like I I want to fight you. That's all I care about. 
He's got to test out that new perfect body and he's going to get a chance as Trunks now is able to power up to his full power. However, I think we cut at the end of that episode with a cliffhanger as Trunks powers up, taking us to the next one. Yes, this bridge is directly over to episode 82, which is the awakening of superpower. Trunks has surpassed his father, Vegeta. And we see Trunks just powering up even more than where he was at. And Cell loves it. He loves all this power that Trunks is whipping out right in front of him. Yeah, this is this is great. I mean, this is Cell at, at multiple points here has some commentary on Trunks's power saying. You are certainly more powerful than your father was. Uh, there's even a moment after Trunks powers up where Cell says, you, you could even be, if you keep going, you could even be more powerful than me, which is interesting. Yeah, that is super interesting. Actually, that is really interesting, considering uh, some future knowledge. But yeah, put a pin in that because that's that's a hell of a statement. Yeah, but this turns into the real battle commencing as Cell himself powers up too. Uh, Trunks gets in a few good, solid blows, uh, a little bit of a key blast barrage, and his Trunks is knocking Cell around again. He's it looks like he might have the upper hand here, um, and then Cell is basically like. You you are probably stronger than me, but you're not going to be able to beat me like that. Can can I go ahead and say that when they kicked this fight off, um, this is actually one of the times where I did enjoy the music. Did you? <laughs> they actually had some good music here where they I mean, it's this this heroic sounding Japanese rock and roll as the battle kicks off. Oh, it's super right. fun. I'm actually a big fan of their music choice for this one. I don't know why they picked here to insert such great music. I'm glad it's here. But, you know, I'll take what I can get. I this is there's a, been a couple of times in Kai where they've inserted these really good Japanese tracks for the music. I don't even know where they come from. I'm fairly positive this is not anything to do with like the original Japanese Dragon Ball Z soundtrack. Uh, but I I like them, too. I'm I'm glad that they are putting them in. They sound great. Yeah. So, um. I know we've been harsh on the music thus far, but this was a great choice. Uh, do more of this, please. Um, but I guess I guess the whole thing's already made, so they won't. Um, <laughs> so we cut back over to Vegeta, who's being kind of taxied off by Krell and just slumped over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. And Vegeta's waking up mid-flight, and Krell decides, oh, well, I better stop and give him a bean. And so he gives him a bean, and Vegeta's back up and running. Yeah, uh, we kind of cut away from that quick. We don't really get to see Vegeta's reaction to what's going on now with Trunks and Cell fighting. But we as the audience cut back over to that fight and we get to see Trunks trying to attack Cell and failing. Tr Cell is dodging everything that Trunks is throwing at him at this point. And Trunks is just confused. He's like, why... Why can't I hit you? Why is this happening now? Yeah, and Trunks is, he's actually breathing heavy. He's, it seems like he's getting tired and he keeps trying to just like, like power up more, get even stronger. And we get these gnarly shots of like his thighs and forearms and other muscles just 
kind of expanding in this sort of grotesque sort of way. He's kind of almost looking monstrous at this point. And we see, I mean, Cell's just got a smirk on his face at this point. It's, you know, he's got it figured out. Yeah. And Trunks continues to attack without being able to land a blow, regardless of how much he powers up. And Cell then goes on the offensive himself, now attacking Trunks, delivering significant blow after blow. And again, Trunks has confirmed that, or sorry, Cell has confirmed that Trunks is more powerful than him. But at this point, we're kind of finding out that Trunks is unable to match Cell in speed. Yeah, and alongside this, we get a shot of Goku and Gohan training in the hyperbolic time chamber. And it feels really weird to insert this right here, but I, I don't know. It's Goku has spent the last couple of days just like meditating. And we see him stand up and we see him go through a very similar transformation where we, we see all of his muscles begin to expand and bulge. And he looks very similar to Trunks. And then we flip back over to Trunks, who's big and muscular and bulgy. And he starts getting his crap kicked in by Cell, right? And then conveniently flips back to Goku, who talks about how this muscle form is bulky and slow and also drains a lot of power. And he tells Gohan that the regular Super Saiyan form is probably better and that they are going to work on staying in that form at all times. It's just. It was a weird way to do that. I would have liked to have just experienced it through Trunks's eyes and experienced that realization with him versus having Goku figure it out in the chamber and tell us. I mean, I get what they're doing here, which is Goku figured out the same thing that Trunks figured out, but because he's a more competent fighter, he figured out it was, you know, not as good. I just, I wanted to just be there with Trunks and go through that horror with him because I feel like the Goku thing kind of, I guess, it kind of watered that down a little bit for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I get your point. I'm, I actually like the, this kind of, like cut away, basically giving giving the audience the understanding because we as the audience, because of Goku and because of that scene with him, we understand the form before Trunks does, which is kind of like a uh, it, it's an interesting way of giving the audience this this information so that we're like, oh shit. Oh, Trunks is in some trouble. <laughs> I don't know. It, it could have been done differently, I suppose, too. But it's interesting. Well, Cell pretty much tells him as much, too. So it's yeah, it's we could just hear it from from Cell as well. He's I just I don't like the cutaways to Goku because we learned it from Goku and also Cell tells Trunks. And so it really makes Trunks look really dumb right now. That's my it's... problem with it is Trunks looks incredibly stupid at this moment. That's fair. And I mean, Trucks is one of my favorite characters, so that that is a bit of a bummer. But it's also it makes sense because Trunks, I mean, shit, Cell in DBZ Abridged really puts it together. Like he basically says Trunks is green like he's in terms of combat experience. He has very little, especially in terms of having a teacher to really teach him combat experience because Trunks only ever had Gohan 
and only had Gohan for a very short period of time. And then the only other fighting experience or even like remote teacher that Trunks has had is Vegeta in the time chamber. And I'm sure that was Vegeta's focus was not Trunks. It was himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. My my issue isn't that Goku figured that out, knew it was a bad idea. It's just every it's it's having everyone realize it at the same time, except for Trunks. I just yeah. for me, there's a better way to sprinkle it out and, and show Trunks's inexperience and also show Goku's experience without just setting everything side by side to measure everything all at once. It just, it feels really like ham fisted to me. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. It, it, it could have been done a different way. I, I do like though, that both cell and Goku figure this out. Uh, partly cell is interesting because he of course has the experience of all these vast number of fighters, including Goku. Um, and then Goku, of course, because he's he's a fighting savant, right? Like fighting is his thing. So I like that what we're well, I might be spoiling things a little bit here, but we're going to find out here shortly. Uh, I like that Vegeta kind of understood this form, but thought it was worthless, whereas Goku understood this form and found another way like a different avenue to surpass traditional super saiyan well uh, we even uh at this point get cell who bulks up and shows him the form and how wasteful it is so boy does trunks feel silly right now yeah so silly that trunks actually gives up and asks cell to just kill him whole oh, buddy this is uh this is bad yeah, uh, and Cell almost does so, except he's basically asking Trunks questions like, how did you guys get so strong? Where is Goku? And if the important one here, if I gave you more time, could you get stronger? Yeah, and Trunks is kind of caught off guard by it. And things take an even weirder turn when he says that he's going to give everybody 10 days to live. And in 10 days, he's going to host a tournament similar to the World Martial Arts Tournament, except all participants are fighting Cell, and the winner determines the fate of the planet. And Trunks just doesn't believe him at first. He's just like, like why would you do that? Yeah, and Cell is basically like, well, I accomplished my goal. I achieved my perfect form anything beyond this point is just me enjoying myself <laughs> oh i love it i mean it's it's peak ego right it and i don't know this is one of the things that i do think that i love about cell as a villain is he is so self-absorbed and there's almost this whereas frieza was completely a monster there's some playfulness with Cell there, right? But it comes from a, a point of arrogance and it comes from a place that I think is in line with this character. So I like it. I, I think it's actually fairly well written. I mean, the funny part is a lot of that playfulness and that desire to test himself, a lot of that is coming from the Saiyan biology that's inside of him, right? Like the Saiyans love a good fight. They love a challenge, and so Cell is really like giving into that Saiyan desire to 
test and challenge yourself. And they're going to have a tournament in his honor. That's fantastic. I love this so much. (laughs) (laughs) That does wrap up that episode, though, which brings us into episode 83. The television's been hijacked, a live broadcast of the Cell Games press conference. And this one starts off with Trucks kind of brooding for a moment and then roaring in anger, kind of showing a little bit of his Vegeta side, if you ask me. Yes, absolutely. Vegeta and Krillin kind of come back on the scene and we'll probably go through a couple of these episodes a little bit more. Quickly yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, they're it. The pacing in Kai is interesting because I feel like it like expands a lot in the cell arc. Uh, in some parts, I feel like it could have cut some stuff down, but we basically get Vegeta and Krillin back on the scene. Uh, Krillin basically says that he's going to help 16 get repaired he's going to take him to see balma which trunks was pretty upset about uh which i i thought was really good um but they they take 16 to capsule corp and all of our fighters are kind of gathered now as they learn about the the tournament that cell is going to run and cell is Making preparations. He puts a whole ring together for the arena. Yeah. And Goku and Gohan are continuing their training in the chamber. Uh, Gohan appears quite comfortable in the Super Saiyan form at this point, And it seems like he's actually really keeping up with Goku. So he's made tremendous gains in power inside that time chamber. Yeah, absolutely. And our Z fighters are deciding like who's going to fight in the tournament who needs to do more training and they are in fact watching the tv when cell breaks into a tv studio and finds a station that's broadcasting to the entire world and announces the start of the cell games yeah and so now the world knows that um in 10 days there will be a giant tournament and uh, if humanity doesn't win, then this monster destroys the world, right? Um, there is a little interesting piece of dialogue in here. Um, Master Roshi um, explains what the World Martial Arts Tournament is to everybody because we haven't had one in Dragon Ball Z. And so if you didn't see original Dragon Ball, um, like I did the first time through, you would have no idea what the World Martial Arts Tournament was, right? And so he kind of recaps Goku's... Uh, um, experiences at the World Martial Arts Tournament during the original Dragon Ball series. One thing of note here is that I guess since I believe it was the 23rd World Martial Arts Tournament where Goku um, defeated Piccolo, they have not hosted the tournament again since because the arena was destroyed. Did they? That seems like a contradiction. I I forgot that they had said that. The reason I say that seems like a contradiction is because we're going to find out that there is another world martial arts champion pretty shortly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was about, but that's something that Roshi said. So I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, it might imply that the world champion is not the world martial arts tournament champion. He might be of a different tournament type or something i don't know if you've heard anything about this but i just thought that that was interesting that stuck out in my brain for some reason i think i do remember them saying something about that and i i don't know if i really put two and two together that that is like a a weird contradiction because we're gonna we're gonna meet the current world Mar- they literally call him the world martial arts oh, well, champion there you go 
Well, uh, leave it to the more fillery episodes to cause uh, <laughs> to cause uh, uh, things to screw up. Yeah, that is that is funny. I'm I'm glad that you pointed that out. But... Anyway, that's episode 83. That moves us into episode 84, which is training completed. Does Goku have the composure to defeat Cell? And uh, humanity's panicking, um, which is fair. Humanity humanity should panic. They're about to all die. Uh, we do get a scene where Krillin's kind of riddled with regret over his decision to spare Android 18 because he's blaming himself for allowing Cell to achieve his final form and possibly end the entire planet. And he he's about ready to storm um, out of Kame House and go do something probably stupid. And this is where we see Roshi kind of pull rank and get serious and say, I forbid you from leaving. He has to kind of get Krillin in line. I love that Roshi still has that, like that, that I guess dad voice over Krillin. And so he's able to stop Krillin from likely going off and getting himself killed. I really liked that too. Any, any time that master Roshi gets a serious scene, I really, really like those scenes, especially when he's acting as the, the teacher, the, the, the wizened mentor. Uh, but this kind of turns into us. We get to see some of our fighters on the lookout and we get to see Goku and Gohan emerge from the hyperbolic time chamber three hours earlier than their full 24 hour time frame. And Vegeta's like, why are they coming out now? Why wouldn't they use the full? I don't even know what it breaks it down into, but three hours uh when 24 hours is a year it's it's got to be more than a month of time that they could have continued training inside the chamber yeah it's like something like six weeks early or something like that it's i mean we do also learn at this time that there is a limit on how long you can actually be inside the chamber i guess there's for some reason a 48 hour limit um and after 48 hours the door just disappears you're you're stuck in there yeah this is interesting. Unfortunately, a lot of like a lot of things in Dragon Ball, this gets retconned later without with very little explanation. Oh, cool. Well, um, uh, forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we I mean, Vegeta's dumbfounded, right? Because why wouldn't you take that time to get stronger? Um, yeah. But he does notice that they are just casually maintaining the Super Saiyan form. They are walking around with their golden hair. And they are acting like nothing's different. And Vegeta's kind of like putting these pieces together and trying to figure them out right now. Oh, yeah. This is pissing Vegeta off. And Goku gets out of the Saiyan armor, puts on his typical green, green, his traditional orange gi. Uh, and Gohan goes up to Piccolo and asks for Piccolo to give him a uniform like his. And so we get to see Gohan. This to me is peak Gohan design as Piccolo uses his clothes beam and produces this purple gi with the white shoulder pads and the white cape and Gohan with his Super Saiyan hair. I love this Gohan design. I, I love it when they support the threads of their former masters, right? And it's one. Yes. this is one of those ones where I never like I didn't. The first time I saw this, I didn't even think about this happening. And then when it did happen, I was like, that's dope. I am so happy that Gohan remembers where he came from. Even Piccolo's got like a little smirk on his face. He's like, hell yeah, kid. I love this so much. And this kind of turns into everybody questioning Goku like, hey, can you beat Cell? Uh, and Goku's like, I don't know. Let me go find out. And he just teleports <laughs> to look at Cell. 
it does make me laugh a little bit because it's such a Goku decision, right? Like, can you beat him? I don't know. Let me go see. And, you know, he shows up and they kind of eyeball each other up and down and we see him teleport back and uh, he's not so confident. He's kind of like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, this is great. Uh, and this kind of turns into everybody's like, well, if you're not sure, then we should continue training. We should use the hyperbolic time chamber. And Goku's like, nah, Gohan and I are going to pass. Uh, we've got we've got nine days until the cell games. Uh, Dude, Piccolo schemes up a whole training regiment and what everyone can do and what's their best odds of beating this guy. Like Piccolo once again comes in with the largest dosing of common sense that you will get in Dragon Ball. And everyone's just kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah but goku basically says pushing your body that hard and not giving it time to rest isn't going to help you get stronger it's just gonna you have diminishing returns on that kind of training and training in the hyperbolic time chamber is hard on the body yeah but i mean he does say that it's fine if everyone else goes in to beef up a little bit since it looks like they need it and vegeta mentions like it sounds like you're you're patronizing me um, and I don't like you implying that you're stronger than me. And Goku more or less looks back and says, I wasn't implying it. And it's kind of a oh, shit moment. I love this. It's it's pretty rare. Hmm. It, I feel like it's pretty rare that you hear Goku talking shit. But this is like whew, a stab in the pride to Vegeta. Like, and, and I mean, we're going to find out Goku is way stronger than Vegeta. So it's not like he's, you know, just just talking smack with nothing to back it up. He's basically just stating the facts. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, and if you're unsure about it, Goku decides to take Gohan and fly out of there and they fly down to uh, what do you call Korin's little house down there? What's the name of that area? Uh, I think. Technically, we call it Corrin's Tower and then Kami's Lookout. Okay, so he flies down the Corrin's Tower, and um, he asks Corrin to kind of give him his best judgment on whether he thinks Goku's strong enough to beat Cell. And Goku goes through this big, roaring power-up, and the walls are cracking, and everyone on the planet can sense it and feel it. And um, Goku, you know, he's, like, called off from it. Corrin's like, hey, you're going to, like, destroy everything. Stop. And Goku says, all right, well, that was about half. And Corrin takes a moment and he's thinking about it. And he goes, eh, I think Cell's got you beat. And Goku's like, yep, I thought so. It's just, it's really bizarre. This is great. Now, hmm, there's something in the manga that the anime doesn't really have. And I really like the scene in the manga because when Goku does this, Gohan, after hearing Goku say, yeah, that was about half, Gohan's like, he, no, dad's got to be, he's got to be lying or he's, he's not telling, he's not being fully honest about his power because that can't be half. Like that would, he doesn't, Gohan doesn't say this, but Gohan's just surprised as he's like, that would mean that he's not as strong as I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting scene, but Goku, he's just unfazed by by not being strong enough to save the world. But we see at this point, Goku just gathers up his family and 
tells Gohan that their training regiment's going to be three days of relaxing, three days of training, and three days of relaxing. It's it's really bizarre. They're just going to hang out for most of the 10 days. <laughs> yeah, and despite, like you said, despite Goku basically stating that he's not strong enough to beat Cell, he's very casual. Like, he, he doesn't seem upset uh it, this is basically his plan uh they they see chi 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 chi's upset about gohan's hair and we're pretty much left with that that's that's the plan moving forward for the next episode yeah and that's what happens in the next episode which is episode 85 an interrupted rest the self-defense army's general offensive against cell i'm gonna burn through this episode real quick uh, Just, do it this is mostly fillery <laughs> um here are the quick notes. Selfish fights an asteroid. Glad that's in here. Um, I do actually like this scene. Um, it's Goku and Gohan kind of relaxing by the water. They've got fishing poles um, cast in there. And Krillin shows up. And we have this kind of wholesome moment where they're they're talking about how Goku had actually promised Gohan, I think way back in the, the, the Saiyan saga, that when all that was over, that they would go out and go fishing together. And so it's kind of, in a way, Goku making good on his promise that he had actually forgotten about. And I don't know, it's it's nice being able to slow down and see Goku actually be a dad for a minute. So that's the one thing I do like about this part of the episode is it's it's some character development. It's family relations being built. I actually don't mind this little scene right here. I actually like too the interactions between Goku and Krillin here because it really it, it, we we don't like you said we don't get to see these kind of like just moments of them being people and Goku kind of like slaps Krillin on the back playfully at one point which causes Krillin to fall into the water and then Krillin's like ah oh, help I can't swim and Goku offers <laughs> we him a all hand. know that he could swim but. I know like they train together is swimming. So, but Goku offers him a hand and Krillin's like, Psh! he pulls Goku into the water, like, you know, playing a prank <laughs> on him. like oldest trick in the book. <laughs> yeah. And then Goku basically says, well, at least I can, my feet can reach the bottom making fun of Krillin. Like, this is great. I love this back and forth exchange between two people who have been best friends for decades at this point i think like it's it's a great scene and you know it cuts away and we see goku and gohan just like laying back in the grass the wind's blowing over them um and krillin's sitting there and he's trying to like figure them out he's like what are they doing if they're not they have to be training right now there's no way they're not training right now and so he's like i bet you if i threw this rock at them that he would catch it without even looking and so krillin picks up a rock and throws it at Goku, and it hits him in the head, and Goku <laughs> grabs his forehead in pain and yells at Krillin. No, he, he was actually just sitting there relaxing. Yeah, this, I really like this scene too, because uh, you made a really good point about this in Dragon Ball Super. Like, there's a few scenes in Super where Goku lets his guard down, or Krillin lets his guard down, and they get hurt, wh whether it be by like a gun or a ray gun or whatever. Uh, and this is this is kind of justification for that sort of uh, that sort of rule within the Dragon Ball universe, where even if you are incredibly powerful, if you let your guard down, you can still be hurt by even a rock. Yeah, I love it. It's I mean, it, 
my thought is it's like those, you know, the monks that take the the pose or whatever, and you can hit them with like sticks and posts and bow staffs and stuff, and it doesn't phase them. It's that yeah. sort of thing where once you're once you've centered yourself and you've got your form down or whatever, once you're focused, you can be strong like that. You can be invincible. But I don't think they walk around 24 seven being invincible. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but we're going to burn through the rest of this. Uh, Piccolo emerges from the hyperbolic time chamber. Uh, Trunks even comments about how much stronger he's gotten. And then Vegeta enters the chamber. But he enters alone this time. I've always questioned how much training can you get done by yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Piccolo does it all the time. But yeah, it's it's not nearly as effective as having a partner. I would assume so, but... Either way, he goes in there by himself. Um, then we flip over to Cell, who's attacked by the World Defense Force or whatever. Um, they shoot him with missiles and guns. Uh, they don't do anything. And then Cell waves his hand and kills them all. Uh, Goku's upset. Uh, and then uh, he, Goku teleports to the lookout and says, Hey, um, we need a new Namekian or something so that way we can get new Dragon Balls. So Piccolo, can you just like go ahead and split again? And Piccolo says, mm, once you fuse back together, there's no coming apart. So sorry, fresh out of Namekians here. And so Piccolo, uh, I'm sorry, Goku decides that he's going to go get a new Piccolo from the Namekian or from the Namekian homeworld or new Namek or whatever you want to call it at this point. Yeah. And Goku is unable to get a reading on the Namekians and their power levels in order to use instant transmission on to get to them. And so the tail end of the episode, we get to see Goku using instant transmission to jump in and see one of his old masters, King Kai. Yep. And that takes us over to episode 86, a new God. The dragon balls are finally revived. So Goku's on King Kai's planet. He wakes up King Kai from a nap and explains to him how bad the situation is, which it blows my mind that King Kai was not aware of the situation, but whatever. Um, <laughs> King Kai helps locate where the new Namekian homeworld is and points Goku in the right direction. And I do like that King Kai is still able to kind of reach out and sense the galaxy better than Goku. I like that, you know, there's still stuff that other characters do better than Goku. So I like that. Goku still has to have relationships with people at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but this does allow Goku to instant transmission to new Namek, uh, basically ask the Grand Elder, hey, can I have uh, a new Guardian for our planet, please? Uh, we, need a, we need a Namekian for Dragon Balls, please. And he's like, yes, take this child, Dende. <laughs> and so, yeah, they give up one of their children, uh, Dende, comes back to Earth, and he is our our new Earth's guardian. Yay! Um, there's a uh, press conference uh, during all of this where uh, Earth's true champion is revealed. The person hey, who's going to take down the dastardly cell. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I... Again, like you said, you were talking about the, the World Martial Arts Tournament. They, they explained that Mr. Satan is the world martial arts champion. So kind of a, a weird like contradiction there, but uh, Mr. Satan supposedly is going to go fight Cell and beat him. Yep. So cool. That's happening in the background. Um, so we flip back to Goku who drags Krillin and Gohan over to the lookout to meet Dende and Dende is excited to meet them. They went through, you know, a bunch of stuff together with Frieza and stuff. So the 
Krillin, Gohan, and Dende actually know each other, I guess, fairly well. And Dende is tasked with creating new Dragon Balls for the Earth. But Dende says it's going to take 100 days for him to craft a new dragon. And of course, they don't have that time. So, so Mr. Popo pulls out his model of the dragon that he just happened to have made. And so now it can happen now. There, anytime they change or create Dragon Balls, it's it's always weird. It it <laughs> almost makes no sense. But this results in Dende creating new Dragon Balls and also changing the rules at the request of our Z fighters. So they ask instead of like the Namekian Dragon Balls that can only resurrect one person per wish, uh, can you make it such that? each wish can resurrect multiple people and also give us three wishes. And Dende says, I can't do both of those things, but I can give you two wishes and multi-res. So sweet. We got that unlocked, which real quick, I do think it's really cool. The idea that earth's guardian has to sculpt the dragon that they're going to bring to the planet. The idea of Kame sitting down and spending countless nights kind of whittling and putting together uh, Shenron shape is actually really, really cool. I wish rather than, you know, speed running it this time around, I wish Dende would have sat down and, and really explored that kind of fantasy, but whatever. Even if it would have taken him like, you know, seven days or whatever to or make maybe it go like... into the time chamber and do it. You're already loopholing crap. That's yeah, that's not <laughs> a bad idea, too. That would be kind of neat. Um, um, so the Dragon Balls are restored. Yay. We've got multi-res. Yay. Uh, Goku's going to go grab the radar from Bulma and go collect them all in like an episode. So double yay. Yeah. Uh, that pretty much all that happens. Uh, the, I think the day of the cell games comes upon us and Goku collects everybody, uh, including Gohan. Goku, will not promise to Chi-Chi, this is important, will not promise to her that Gohan's not going to fight. So we're getting a little bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, and our fighters fly to the Cell Games arena. And that kind of... Yes, they fly into that. episode 87, which is Satan's Legion Runs Wild. Wow, that is a name. Uh, the curtain <laughs> rises on the Cell Games. Oof. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Um... <clears throat> So we cut over to Cell's arena and we get Earth's brave new announcer dude and his cameraman arriving on site. So these are going to be the people who are kind of filming everything and letting everyone back home on, you know, sitting in front of their televisions know what's going on. So there are eyeballs across the planet watching the Cell games. That's right. Jimmy Firecracker on the scene, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> and <laughs> do, do we have to talk about... All, all the, the the do we do we have to talk about this stuff we can basically well no <laughs> okay we're gonna speed run it um i'm gonna call him hercule because i grew up calling him hercule hercule shows up um he's got you know a lot of bravado he's over the top and i mean you know it's it's kind of fun but it's also like come on i want to get to the good stuff and you're stalling right and so he shows up he's got a couple of his pupils that show up um, he lets them fight Cell. They lose. He tries to fight Cell. He loses. Um, and he goes on about how it's all smoke and mirrors and Cell's just a, a dirty, tricksy boy. Yeah. And this uh, all on the back of the our Z fighters showing up and basically being like, uh, Goku says he's going to fight. And Mr. Satan says, 
no, I'm taking the limelight and then gets his ass beat. Uh, <laughs> it's it's goofy. It's funny. I wish they would have cut out the extra stuff, but whatever. This leads into the main event as Goku enters into the arena to take on Cell. Yeah, and it's uh, well, that wraps up that episode. That brings oh. us into episode 88. <laughs> there uh, we go. The decisive battle, Cell versus Son Goku. And like you said, Goku steps into the ring. And I do like that that Cell is like a little disappointed that they didn't save the best for last, right? I think um even a bridge did a good job of making a similar type joke where <laughs> you're gonna start off with the main course. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean Cell basically this is again. It's called the Cell Games. This is a game for Cell, and he wants it to be fun. He wants to, you know, Cell, honestly, Cell has more in common with Mr. Satan than we might otherwise <laughs> expect, as Cell is, a, he's, there's a lot of showmanship in the Cell Games. Like, he wants to put on a show, and we're going to see that as the fight between Goku and Cell commences. Yeah, we see the two kind of drop into their stances and there's this suspenseful pause as they both kind of eye each other up. And then the battle kicks off. There's a a brief exchange between the two. And this is definitely, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but this is one of those ones where I felt that the animation was kind of subpar at the beginning of this. And you can tell it starts kind of getting a little bit better as it moves on. Yeah, I historically the fight between Goku and Cell, I absolutely love it. It it might be in gosh, it's tough. It's probably one of the top fights on my list of Dragon Ball fights, uh, but it, it has such varying quality in the animation. There are parts that are terrible and then there are parts that are amazing i thought the same thing because it'd be weird because you'd have this just beautiful animation and be bookended by like something that looks like it was at like two frames per second or something like that like it'd be really rough i don't i don't know if they were trying to pad out episodes or something like that but um i don't it's really back and forth but either way um they have the brief exchange and to the surprise of nobody they comment about how they're both holding back and i think they're both just having a good time right now yeah, there's uh, a moment where Goku dashes in using the after image technique, pushing Cell back to the edge of the arena and then kicking him where it looks like Cell is going to get knocked out. And then Cell halts himself in midair. Uh, Do you just forget we could fly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have hope. <laughs> <sighs> so this... I mean, Cell even says, like, well, you didn't think that you could beat me that easily. And Goku's like, nah, I'm not I'm not falling for your tricks. I know you're not going to go down so easily. And as these two are kind of fighting, um, Gohan kind of comments on how sloppy Goku is fighting right now. And this is where Vegeta puts together after hearing that that they're they're still in just the feeling each other out phase right now. Right. But it kind of tells you how colossal their power ratings are to everybody else when they don't know if they're fighting seriously or not at this point. There are a lot of really good details with our fighters on the sidelines here, kind of like what you're describing, where Gohan Gohan is the first one to really assess what's going on between Goku and Cell. Vegeta 
only picks up on these things after Gohan makes the commentary. And there are a few moments, they're just really quick shots where Vegeta is looking over. He's not watching the fight. He's looking over at Gohan. And I think that Vegeta is starting to get an understanding of where Gohan's power is, or at least where his perception of the events like the the fight are uh it's it's really subtle and really well done i i had always assumed that it was vegeta's not privy to the same information that gohan would have had inside the hyperbolic time chamber and goku's been acting really friggin dodgy since he walked out of there and so Vegeta's best way of getting any insight as to what Goku is up to is probably by watching Gohan, who, if there is um, some sort of scoop to the situation, that kid would know. Yeah, that's another good, good layer on this fucking multi-layered cake that we're trying to make our way through here. Uh, but the the fight between Cell and Goku continues as they basically say, all right. Do you want to get things serious now? And we I get... love the power up scene for these two right here. It is so well done. I mean, it's we see Goku kind of put his arms together as he drops down into a low stance. We see red electricity starting to arc all over his body that gives way to this giant red explosion that slowly reveals this golden, golden pulsing form of. I think it, it's still just Super Saiyan Goku, but it, it it looks jacked. Yeah. And, you know, Goku, you say it looks jacked, but this is not like the the bulky muscled forms of like our Super Vegeta or our Super Saiyan grade three trunks. Uh, this is this is what is referred to as the the mastered super saiyan that gohan and goku have achieved at this point but this is goku presumably at his full power and cell is fully ready and willing to match him yeah cell also gets a pretty cool glow up scene here where we see him kind of like ball his fists up and flex as we see lights shooting off of his body and they even pierce the heavens themselves as we see him just become engulfed with this glowing yellow light but underneath it we see his body pulsing with like this deep purple color underneath it so you get this kind of two-tone with him where it's you get that kind of like saying backdrop of power but the inner energy is this kind of evil feeling purple um did did Frieza use colors like that? I can't remember. Frieza's a lot of Frieza's auras were like pinks and purples. So yeah, it's it's got a a pretty similar feel to it. So that now we've got these two fighters, you know, sitting across from each other and we've got these two distinct energies kind of facing off. I I mean, they're setting the table. They're doing a damn good job of it. I love this. And we see them approach each other and there's this sizing up moment right before they kick things off. Yeah. And they quite literally kick things off as Goku delivers a, a punch and an elbow and then followed up with a devastating kick launching cell into the air and then teleporting behind him to knock him back down into the arena, kind of ping ponging cell around the arena. It's 
the animation here, or at least the fight choreography, is looking pretty solid. It's super in fun, sport. right? Like it's such a creative fight, and I can only imagine that as as all these characters get more and more powerful, it probably gets harder to come up with something new and fresh, which with each um, set of choreography. And they do a great job here. Um, I'm impressed. You're impressed. Everyone watching is impressed, except for Gohan, who seems to be like not really like not impressed at all actually i every moment that we get of like that with gohan i absolutely love especially re-watching this with our future knowledge of what's going to happen uh but this turns into more of a game as cell uses yet another one of his stolen techniques with the multi-form technique creating four cells to fight goku yeah it's cell splits from one fighter into two then from two to four and we see them jump to each corner of the ring just before beginning their attack right like this whole thing is sequenced cell is having fun he's making a game of it like you said and we see Goku assaulted from all sides and we see him take a couple blows and then all the cell clones jump back to their corners. And you think the attack's going to happen again, except um, they all put their fingers to their heads and we start seeing uh, special beam cannons being charged. This is great, not only because it's fun seeing Cell use these stolen techniques, but this even has quite a callback to... Tien fighting Goku in, gosh, I think it was the 23rd martial arts tournament. Uh, 22nd, uh, I'm pretty sure. It might have been the 22nd. Um, it's because it's basically where Tien, Tien ends up getting beaten by Goku, but Tien oh, no, uses that is the, the 23rd then. Yeah, yeah, you're I, right. You're I right. Think it's, yeah, I think it's the 23rd, uh, but it's where Goku ends up winning, but Tien uses the multi-form and then dashes to each corner of the ring and then uses the tri-beam on Goku. Uh, this is Cell kind of doing something similar, except instead of using Tien's tri-beam, he's using not only Tien's multi-form, but Piccolo's special beam cannon. <laughs> it's kind of fun seeing all these techniques kind of being used in tandem with each other, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a build-your-own-attack. It's super fun. And Goku leaps the hell out of dodge because four special beam cannons is not something anyone wants to stand there and take and once goku dodges cell goes in on the chase all four of his forms chasing him and goku looks back and smirks because this is exactly the moment he was waiting for as goku goes from one clone to the other knocking each of them out in a blow or two and stacking them all up on the arena floor Again, we're getting to see Goku's mastery as a fighter. He basically deliberately flew up into the air to lead Cell, all these cells, to spread them out so that Goku could have an opportunity to kind of isolate them and attack them one-on-one -on -one, uh, and completely defeating the multi-form technique, which once Cell is back into a singular body, Cell is not done with his repertoire. <laughs> There's a lot that they techniques. cram into this episode. Yeah, as Cell... And this one's kind of a funny one as far as this version of the dub goes because Cell even says Destructo Disc, but the, the disc that he... Uh, the color of the energy disc that he summons in his hand is the pink energy of the disc that Frieza used on Namek. 
Yeah, and just like the one that Frieza used on Namek, this one actually chases Goku. And Cell even makes a comment about how my my knowledge or my cells actually tell me that what you're going to do is try and lead this one back into me, so I'm not going to fall for it. And I don't know why, but like Cell just kind of gives up on the attack. I don't know what happens to the disc after Goku dodges it once or twice, but it it yeah, he's done with it. Goku basically says, your stolen techniques aren't going to beat me. Uh, and then Cell basically, presumably the discs just fade or dissipate or whatever. But yeah, just yeah. let it go wherever it goes. Who cares? Yeah, uh, probably off. You know, they just keep <laughs> going, cutting through mountains and people. <laughs> but Cell being like, no, you're not going to tell me what stolen techniques aren't going to work, decides to pull his hands back and start charging a Kamehameha wave in the ultimate form of irony. Which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, given that this is, you know, one of Goku's first stolen techniques. Uh, but what? he doesn't steal any techniques. <laughs> King Kai, did I come up with the Kaioken on my own? <laughs> Fucking names in it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Cell starts charging up a Kamehameha wave that's large enough to probably blow up the planet if it hits it. And so Goku draws it up into the air so that way it doesn't hit the planet. And at the last possible second, whips out his instant transmission once more to land beside Cell and not only dodge the attack, but also catch Cell off guard. Yeah, give him a swift kick in the head. And this actually, I mean, this very much does catch Cell off guard as Cell is basically like, that attack should have hit you directly, even with you flying up in the air like that. How did you dodge or deflect it yeah and it's the one technique that cell doesn't have right he's got everyone else's tricks but he doesn't have that one yeah and this is this has been cell's seen this already this has been driving cell nuts since goku showed up to save tien and piccolo when cell was in his semi-perfect form but goku basically tells cell this is my instant transmission. It allows me to teleport. I don't think he fully explains that he needs to lock onto somebody's key, uh, but that is an important part of it. But Cell is... Cell definitely takes this in mind, and we're going to... That's going to be important later. <laughs> yeah. Um, We get towards the tail end of the episode here, but um, Cell ends things with a fantastic cliffhanger by kind of cranking up the dial a little bit. We see him start moving at speeds that Goku struggles to keep up with, even landing a couple of heavy blows on our hero, revealing that Goku is maybe starting to struggle a little bit with this fight as we hit the end of the episode. Yeah, and this is for this podcast episode. This is the last episode that we're covering for this chunk of the cell arc. You have no idea how hard it was to stop watching right here. Like it's, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we tried to divide it up as best we could between three podcast episodes. Cause the, the cell arc is pretty lengthy. Um, but we're, we're left with this cliffhanger for the moment in the middle of the fight between Goku and cell. And I guess let's let's dive into our thoughts regarding this chunk of episodes. I 
there are things that I like about this chunk, things about the pacing and how they, like you said, Dayton, about the the final flash, how they sped that up a little bit. I don't like the pacing of these episodes overall. We we plowed through almost an entire episode that felt like filler because that's what it is. It, It literally has Hercule fighting Cell. It has Hercule's flunkies fighting cell why did that stuff not get cut out i have no idea (laughs) yeah there's i mean there's a couple episodes where where it does feel mostly like filler um there's that episode um there's also the episode where um everyone just kind of meets up at balma's house um yes that's all that really happens that episode and and kai where it feels like there's a lot of moments where they, they cut out like what I think is pretty substantial content to try and pick up the pace every time that they're like an entire episode of filler or at least mostly filler just feels terrible to me because all of that could have been time used to leave in more quality content or maybe given some moments earlier where things should have been slowed down to have a more somber moment or to have a more meaningful relationship between a couple characters we could have cut out a lot of this stuff and let that moment be the way that it could have been so i mean if if you're looking at filler overall in kai i mean yeah like an episode and a half of filler is sure i'll take that compared to original dbz but um there's no need for this filler right it's not like we're trying to pad out episodes for you know sunday's block or something like that it's it's all this stuff is hand selected why was this hand selected? I've got some pretty big question marks. 100%. My current interpretation of Kai and Kai's pacing is that the the Saiyan arc is too fast. There's too oh, much it's way crammed. too fast. I mean, you, I, you are barely introduced to Gohan by the time, you know, Goku's dead. <laughs> yeah. There's way too much crammed into a very small amount of time. It's breakneck speed. It's hard to get all the pieces of information and even process them. The Namek arc and the Frieza arc to me might be perfectly paced. I really as perfect as we can get. It's very good. I'll I'll give it very good. I don't know about perfect, but you know what? It's probably as close to perfect as a, a human hand could make it. So I'm going to give them full marks on it. That's that's a great way of putting it. Perfect might be a little bit too far even, but it's very good, especially comparing it to the Saiyan arc and now the Cell arc, because the Cell arc, while it cuts out a lot of filler, it leaves some filler in there. Like there, there are parts that are just dragged out that feel like they take way too long. And it's like, why? Why didn't we just cut this stuff out of here and get to the the meat and potatoes of our I story? I feel like this part two had more filler in it than the part one did. Yes. Um, this this was probably as far as filler goes in all of Kai we've watched up till this point. This cell arc part two is the worst as far as filler that we've had so far, and it's not that bad. Agreed. Like I said, it stands out like a sore thumb when you know that there's good content that they did cut earlier in the series that could have been introduced, like very meaningful content. I believe there's a, um, we talked about it last episode. There was an exchange between 
Gohan and Goku, where Gohan gets mad and says something. And that dialogue was changed and cut out. And it was a meaningful moment, but they had time to put that in there and explore that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, I don't know. It, it's not bad. I, I think you put it in a pretty, in good words, Dayton, where if we only have, you know, maybe an episode and a half of filler in this arc, like that's not bad at all. And even in those filler episodes, we like Dayton and I stopped on scenes that we were like, this scene, this, this might only be three minutes out of this 20 minute episode, but this scene in this episode that feels otherwise like filler is great. And I'm glad that they kept it in there, but everything else around it, they could, they could remove that. And I don't know. It, I would have loved to have been in the boardroom at Toei Animation when they were deciding what to put in and what to cut out because I cannot get over the fact that they kept in those filler characters of Mr. Satan's flunkies. That makes no sense to me. I'm trying do they come up again um, later, maybe in Boo or something like that? So you would need the context of who they were in order for it to make sense. I don't know if they have... I mean, using some of my future knowledge, doesn't don't they come up again when um, Hercule is hanging out with Boo and they've got the dog? And isn't there a lot of involvement with his pupils or something like that when they're all hanging out together? I I believe you're right. I believe they do show up there. I'm not sure that there is a lot of involvement with them. And those characters, there are shots of them that they kept in anyway of them showing up on like the the sides of the arena while Goku and Cell are fighting and stuff. So I don't know if they just kept them in for continuity for one of those reasons. I I don't know. I feel like I'm they trying could to give them the benefit entirely. of a doubt here just because it's <laughs> you might have more questions if you just see these random people standing off. You should 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 have just showed them like get dropped off and then that's it. I don't maybe that was the best way for them to do it. Who knows? But it, it just stands out like such a sore thumb. Yes. It might just be something that there's enough. Um, it causes just enough headache removing it. So you have to include it, right? That's probably where they ended up at, where it's just like, uh, it might raise too many questions because you do have to be mindful of people watching Kai who have not seen original Dragon Ball. So you've got to have just enough context, just enough of that story everywhere to make sure that a new viewer can be up to date enough to at least follow it. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It probably has at the very bare minimum, it probably has something to do with the way the scenes that are available, like the if you cut out too many of these scenes, like all the scenes with these flunkies, you might be cutting out something else that is important and it. It's probably something like that. That's we're probably not understanding right now the reason why they needed to do it that way. Uh, it just, again, like you said, Dayton, it stands out like a sore thumb when this is supposed to cut out all the filler and they feel very much like filler. Yeah. I mean, like with the stuff with the army showing up, you could have cut out all of that stuff and then yes. just had the scene where Goku's driving with his family in the car and he hears about it and then goes to wish or change the Dragon Balls. You don't actually need to see all that cell doing all that stuff. It doesn't matter. Like there's no significant characters there. There's nothing that happens down the line that you need to see that happening. 
you could have removed that like two to five minutes of whatever that was and just had Goku be like, yeah, I should probably go get those Dragon Balls back because a lot of people are dying. <laughs> yes, because that's that's the only reason that that's there, right? I The only other reason could be showing Cell being a bad guy and killing more people. But we've already seen that. We've seen him absorb thousands of people. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's just to incite Goku getting somebody to create the Dragon Balls again. To, to um, flip from critiques to things that I like. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up that that was, uh, Vegeta's first final flash because it was incredible. Like, honestly, the animation for it is great. Um, the, uh, Chris's, uh, delivery of the final flash is fantastic. Um, all the bravados there that you would expect out of Vegeta. I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 delivery on what is, I think Vegeta's second most iconic technique. Ooh, would you say second behind the Gallic gun? Yeah, I would say behind the Gallic, because that's what he used with uh, the beam struggle against Goku, right? Yeah, yeah, they're... Yeah, I, I, I think, think you're probably Gallic. right. Yeah. It, it's the Gallic gun, for sure. I'm just trying to decide in my own head, like, which one's more iconic, and I think I think probably the Gallic gun is more iconic, honestly. Yeah, um, and that's just because that scene is... It's usually up there in, like, the top three most iconic scenes in, in all of Dragon Ball. Um, I've actually seen some really badass um, statues of that beam struggle uh, between Goku and Vegeta, but I'm getting off subject here. Uh, <laughs> um, the final flash animation, fantastic. Um, and just this, they left in a lot of great stuff. I love um, Vegeta and Trunks's relationship kind of getting explored a little bit and their understanding of each other. It's such an interesting dynamic between those characters, right? And it's so different because you have Goku and Gohan um, exploring their relationship at the same time because we really haven't had a lot of time between Goku and Gohan. Just like Trunks has basically never had time with his dad, we're kind of seeing these two different types of relationships playing out at the same time. Yes, I really love both of those elements. I It's interesting, too, that the anime versus the manga, the anime added in those scenes of Goku and Gohan in the time chamber, but we don't get... I mean, we get Trunks and Vegeta in the time chamber very, very briefly. Very briefly. Uh, but we don't get a lot of that interaction inside the chamber, but we get to see their dynamic and how it's changed significantly, I would say, after they exit the time chamber, which is, it's fantastic. The dialogue that they used in Kai, very, very good. Uh, I like all the exchanges between Trunks and Vegeta, Vegeta and Cell. The only thing I will say, this is a kind of a weird note, Cell, Cell feels less, I don't know, maybe less entertaining to me, if only because I've really gotten accustomed to the Dragon Ball Z abridged Cell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the abridged version is just, it's taking the ego dial and just clicking it up one or two more. And it works. That's the thing. And abridged, it, like, I like that as a villain. You could just copy paste the abridged Cell into Kai and it would not miss a beat. That I think, if anything, that tells you how well the abridged crew did when they when they parodied Cell. They probably did it too well. Yeah, it's. I think honestly, uh, a lot of people view Cell as their favorite villain, and I think I've said this to you before, Dayton. But I think a large part of that has to do with Dragon Ball Z abridged. I think that honestly, they just elevated the material. Like, 
clearly a labor of love and they did it they did a great job with the writing you know i'm trying to think i wish i could remember um the poll more specifically but one of the youtube channels that just i get recommendations from uh they had a poll i believe it was favorite um villain or favorite character reveal that's what it was and it had four different characters um good and evil but Cell was one of the characters on there, his reveal. And I actually really like his reveal. I like how creepy he was. And I love the the silent streets that he was stalking through, dragging a body around with him. I love Cell's reveal because it's very eerie and different, and very horror movie, right? Um, yeah. Of course, he got blown out by, I think it was Trunks was on the uh, list of options as far as character reveals. Um, oh. Blew him out. Mind you, this is... I it's a poll of tens of thousands. So it's not a small poll. Um, people love trunks and they love trunks reveal. Cell got like something like 5% or less. So really? Yeah. It's people didn't like, um, cells reveal at least not nearly as much as a lot of other characters. So I don't know if that means that they only like end game cell or if it's just his reveal could have been handled better. It's just, I don't know. Just interesting. That is interesting. I like trunks reveal a lot. But I, I like Cell's reveal a lot, too. Uh, but yeah, that is interesting. I, I will um, say, um, I know it's weird when when I was like 13 or whatever, I thought Trunks's reveal was the coolest thing on the friggin planet. 100 percent. But now, like 20 years later, I actually I really respect Cell's reveal a lot more now because there's so much more nuance to it. And it's less um, uh, in quotes here, anime bullshit. <laughs> I can see that. I still have an appreciation for the anime bullshit. Oh, absolutely. But... It's still a lot of fun, and I love Trunks, but I'm just saying it's my preferences have changed a little bit in 20 years. Yeah, I can definitely understand that, but we're kind of getting off on a tangent at this point. Was okay, there... yeah, let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> uh, so good overall pacing eh, on these episodes, but we're going to see how they wrap everything up next time. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about for tonight's topic, Dayton? Hell no. Hurry up and get us to the next episode. I want to see what happens. All right, I'm doing it. That's it for this episode of Instant Transmission, where we discuss everything Dragon Ball. This has been your host, Todd. And Dayton. Be sure to join us next time as we physically and mentally abuse Gohan in part three of the Cell arc. Goku's not done punching Cell in his beautiful face, but he does seem to be treating this fight as if it were a casual sparring match. Our combatants seem pretty evenly matched, and we've got three Super Saiyans waiting on the sidelines, so surely the outcome can't be that bad. Nope. Mm-mm. Why does Gohan seem unimpressed with his father's power? What kind of plan does Goku have to defeat Cell? Is Mr. Satan gonna have to lay the smack down? Find out a next time! And to all our fellow Dragon Ball fans, stay safe out there and remember to keep rocking the dragon. And don't forget about our OnlyFans and Twitter and whatever, Patreon, yeah.